Hello again. How are you this week, my friends? I've been well. Ups and downs, highs and lows. All those things that make me more human every day. If I am. Am I? I try to be. The more I change, the more I try to return to what I once was. Perhaps I can go full circle. We'll have to think about that. Return to that thought. Full circle. What a dream. I have found a new place for myself in a new land. I should tell you that. That's some news for you. It is a beautiful place by the sea. A beautiful town. And the people here are so wonderful. I have made my way through town with my black wings dragging behind me on the ground, free. I have kept my face visible, black shark eyes and mouth full of fangs open and vulnerable. I have reached my long fingers with their talons and their cruelty towards others, to embrace, to shake hands, to wave hello. I have been met with fear by most. But this town, these people, they have been left alone by the rest of the world for so very long, so long that they remember their old stories much better than the rest of the world. They remember those who have come and gone before humans, even if the people in this lovely place that I could perhaps consider calling home even if they think I am terrible and horrific, they respect me. They honor me with etiquette. And when some of them, mostly elders, learn that I have no need for death or pain, much to their surprise, they honor me even more with friendliness. Perhaps this is unwise. Perhaps I'm being too overt too foolish, too careless. But I don't really care. I have to live the way that I must live to be happy. I guess that's the most human thing about me, and to dishonor that within myself would be the greatest treachery of all. Here's a story for you. I tell it the same way I told it to the people here not long ago for stories are my way of relating with you. I must keep doing it, no? Anyway, there was a woman who lived with her elderly mother in a small house. This house was humble and sweet and everything the two women needed. They lived far away from any cities or towns like so many of the people I tell you about. They were alone, but they were not unhappy alone. They had a small farm and a few chickens, a cow. Enough to live on and enough to keep the younger woman busy with from dawn until dusk 
while her mother knit them blankets and clothes by the fire. At night they would eat their dinner and they would laugh together. The mother might tell a story, and the daughter might sing a song. They had very little, but they did have one thing of great worth, and this was a document. A document that contained instructions, descriptions, but most importantly, a map. A map to some great fortune that the woman's father, her mother's husband, had found long ago in some war and hidden away. He sent the information home before he could have returned, but he didn't survive this war. Now, the two women had always discussed one day going to find the riches they had inherited, but things came up, as things do. They couldn't afford the ship voyage that it would take to the new country. They had to work to pay their rent and survive. The mother fell more and more ill and weak as she grew older, and the daughter had to take care of her. Finally, all they could do was rent this little home, grow their own food, and make things work. All thoughts of riches that were hidden elsewhere faded away, as the only thing that begun to matter was simple survival. Living. Not losing what they actually did have. They couldn't risk what was a happy, contented life for the possibility of a better one. Who knew whether or not the man's wealth was actually still there or not? And the older woman was too ill, as I said, to make the trip. And they couldn't afford to hire someone else to stay and care with her. The daughter made the decision to stay and accept her life as it was. And the women were happy together. Happy with sunsets that fell over the field outside their house. Happy with their stories and songs. Happy with each other. Until... One night, all of that would change. The night was cold. It was early spring as it is now, and food was scarce. The animals were inside the small barn they had, and they were warm enough. The two women sat by the fire. The younger one worked on finishing a blanket her mother hadn't completed, and her mother's eyes were closed as she drifted off to sleep. The younger one hummed a little to herself, trying not to be too afraid of the sound of the howling wind or the rattling wooden door, the one that only had one weak lock on it. She tried not to be afraid of the pitch black of the night, the night that seemed so much darker than usual, with the moon so thin and the clouds so thick. She tried not to be afraid when she heard the sound of hoofbeats across the dirt road that passed by their little farm. They were slow, heavy, deliberate. And this was strange given how late at night it was, and how far they were from anything. No one passed by, 
and if they did it certainly wasn't at this time of night, at this time of year. What was even worse than the sound of the hoofs was when they stopped. They didn't fade away as the rider kept going, or grow more quiet the farther away they went. They grew loud enough to tell the woman that they had ridden right in front of their home, and then they had simply stopped. Her hands went still as they held the knitting needles. She looked towards the window by the door, which was covered by an almost threadbare curtain that she could see through quite well. She didn't hear footsteps. She didn't hear anything. But she saw, standing in front of the house, barely visible in the dim moonlight outside, a cloaked figure, silhouetted, just watching from a distance, looking in on the two women though it seemed they must have been too far away to do so. The daughter reached over and quickly shook her mother by the knee, yelling at her to wake up. The mother did, with a slight wheeze and a startle. She wasn't well, but she immediately went to comfort her terrified child, adult though she was. She tried to insist that there was no one there, for indeed the silhouette was gone. There was no horse outside, and when she went to look the next morning, the girl couldn't find any tracks, either human or equine. The mother tried to brush her daughter's fears off by telling her they were tricks of the eye and nothing more. Perhaps she had fallen asleep, too, and it was all a nightmare. But when the figure visited again the next night while her mother was asleep, the hoofbeats slow and steady and then suddenly stopping. They were staring in on the window now with two hands pressed against the glass, far more close than they had come the previous night. The girl woke her mother up again and told her the same thing. Just a nightmare, an illusion of light. The figure disappeared again. But the younger woman was now certain that the rider would come again for a third visit. That is how these things always go, is it not? And they will be even closer this time. They will come inside. The woman prepared all day with what little she had in terms of weapons. One rifle, a dagger. She boarded up the windows in the door, she lit a fire and kept her mother safe by it but she stood guard all night, her firearm in hand. When sunset came, she was more afraid than she'd ever been in her entire life. Her mother tried to comfort her, but she had little comfort to give. She could only recline in the armchair with tea and a blanket. But the rattling in her lungs and the red in her eyes told her daughter that she was losing the fight with herself. The old woman's time was coming. She was at peace with this. But she was more afraid that she would not be ready for a fight tonight. Her daughter would have to wage battle all alone. This was what she was the most afraid of. The sun dropped from the sky and darkness came over the fields. But 
instead of slow and deliberate hoofbeats. There were fast and furious ones, and not only from one horse. There were at least three, a thunderstorm of hoofbeats, and the sounds of men shouting and laughing, gratuitous gunshots into the sky. They rode up to the house and banged on the door. They began calling out to the women in crude, ugly voices, calling them crude and ugly things. They spoke of the document, the map, the instructions they had received. They knew about it, and they demanded it. They kept pounding on the door, and the woman held the rifle up though it shook in her hands. Eventually the door was kicked open. She fired at them, but she had no control over the weapon. She was unused to such a horrible thing. She wielded her dagger, but these men had seen war and violence much more closely than she ever had. They disarmed her quickly. A terrible struggle ensued, one that I have no interest in describing. For a fight with people of peace against people of war is no fight at all. When one of the men went over to the old woman in the armchair to threaten her into divulging information about the document, the young woman was about to give in. She had no need of the thing. Let them take it. Let them leave her and her mother alone. But a voice rang out behind all five of these characters. She is... Not yours. A cloaked figure stood in the doorframe, watching. Taller than any of the men, their face was hidden in shadow. The men drew their weapons and attacked. But oh, they stood no chance. How did the figure win? Not by pistol, not by sword. The two women couldn't hear any such clamor as they clung to each other by the fire, weeping and hiding their faces. But they did hear the men laughing and threatening, and then suddenly falling silent. They whispered little prayers and pleas. The rider in black won without raising a hand. The three men ran away, and the sound of thunderous hoofbeats began and then grew quiet as they rode off into the night. The two women looked up and saw the figure, standing in exactly the same place. But her cloak had been removed. She was a tall woman, incredibly thin and gaunt. Her face was an inhuman shade of gray, and her eyes were white. Her hair, long and white, was mounted in piles of braids on her head, laced with black ribbons and little flowers of rosemary, asphodel, and clove. She wore all black, but she was dressed for a grand occasion. She looked only at the old woman, not the young and she bowed in deference at her. She reached to her, and the hand that extended out towards her 
emerging from a beautiful black lace sleeve, was skeletal. It was only bone. When the mother took her hand, though, it was strong, and it helped her to her feet. The rider in black smiled a little, and the old woman smiled back. She laughed. The rider smiled a little more broadly, perhaps laughing silently too. The old woman embraced her, and the woman in black embraced her back warmly, her skeletal hands cradling the back of her head. Her eyes closed in a sweet expression of gentleness and sympathy. The woman's daughter watched in awe, seeing her mother so healthy, so strong, so happy to see what appeared to be either an old friend or a new one, but a good friend nonetheless. When the rider in black led the woman out of the cottage, her daughter called out to her, She turned around, smiled peacefully, and left. The dawning realization came to the younger woman as the two figures grew smaller in the distance and mounted a lovely white horse that her mother was still on the floor with her in her arms. Peaceful, smiling, but gone. She was with the rider now, She was no longer in the cottage. She was gone. The following day, the woman would go upstairs and open a trunk. She would find her father's letters, including the map and the instructions and all that. She looked at possible adventure. She tore it up. She would go on to leave the cottage and find her own path now that she would have to do so alone, but she decided to find it for herself. And she did. Find her own adventure, that is. She found many adventures, and though it grieved her to understand that she had to do so without the one person who had always been by her side, she kept adventuring all the same. One day, much, much later, she would hear slow hoofbeats outside of her door. She would open the door this time and greet a gentle woman in black who embraced her as a sister. She would walk with her, hand in hand, smile at her, and ride away toward another adventure. I do not know if I will ever meet the rider in black. I do not know if she is the only one of her kind. I do not even know if she exists, really. I heard this story from the adventurer herself. I never saw her with my own eyes. But I would like for her to look upon me one day, at the end of things, that same gentleness and sweetness. There are those who bring about death. There are those dark strangers in the world who bring it down on those they choose. I had mine, and I had his embrace. 
a horrible, selfish thing that brought about an altogether different adventure for me. Perhaps I must thank him all the same. Anyway, there are those who bring about death. But then, there are those who guide us to it, and then through it, with a gentle, skeletal hand. Good night, my friends. Hi everyone, thank you so much for listening to episode 58 of On a Dark Cold Night. I hope you enjoyed this one. This is Kristen. I write, record, produce, pretty much do everything for this podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to help us out, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, or anywhere, really. It really helps us small indie podcasts out. On that note, if you know someone who'd like the show or just want to spread the word on your social medias, please do. Uh, please let people know about it. You can follow me on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, or on my Facebook page. Give me a shout out and a follow. I'm pretty darn responsive. Also, I do have a YouTube channel. You can follow me there and like your favorite episodes. If you want to help out a different way, you can donate to the show on Coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. If you want access to the soundtrack, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. If you become a monthly patron there, you can get all musical tracks of the show as a bonus. Um, so that's pretty cool. Also, if you listen to the show on the Radio Public app, that's a huge help too. I'm a part of their paid listens program, so every listen goes toward me getting paid while you don't have to pay a cent. Anyway, thank you again so much for listening. I don't know why this was the story I had in me this week, but it was, and I hope that's okay. Be well, my friends. Good night. <laughs>